ladies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy National Pencil Day, Joe. Your country has some really weird observances. Okay, so are these mostly coming from America? Chances are, if it's national, the nation is the United States of America. Got it. Do you guys do, uh, do you have number two pencils? Is that do like you... the hardness of the pencil, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure we do. Okay. There was this big thing when you were a kid, like if you didn't have a number two pencil, your, parent, your uh, teacher would really chew you out. Anyway, <laughs> coming up on today's show, uh, we have a tradition on this show of getting the big names. It's pretty much all we do, and it doesn't get any bigger than the World Series of Poker main event winner and the most recent one will be with us today. Corey Aldemir coming up on today's show with questions from you, the viewers. We're trying something new. Don't fuck it up. I'm going to be nice and say they didn't fuck it up. I think there are some good questions that were submitted. Yes, I just kind of feel like if I say don't fuck it up, it, it kind of covers up for the fact that I'm just crowdsourcing my work. <laughs> I've had a pretty interesting few weeks with a few things to share with you guys that are loosely poker related, but I am excited to talk about them anyway. Uh, and this week's super fan is another makeup call. Scott Cooper, Scott Croupier and Scott Cooper, not Coupier and Scott Cooper are on the agenda. I like Scott's chances. I um, When we were originally supposed to do this one, I, I stayed up to like three in the morning to finish the movie, um, which is good for my short-term memory. Not great for long-term, especially details. But I got some thoughts on the movie I'll, I'll talk to Scott cool. about later. Cool. Uh, okay, so I got a couple of funny, fun-ish stories that are all like six degrees of my home game, so bear with me here. Um, I kind of feel like maybe my home game would be like a fun TV show, just like the different adventures I get into with like the various people in it. Um, I, I, I had a weird week. Are the people in I your home back- game too busy actually already making proper TV shows that they wouldn't have time to participate in your oh, TV yeah, no, show? No, I would have I would have to hire worse actors to play the actors that right. I'm friends with because I couldn't ever get them to, sh- to sign on for this. No. Um, so part of the weirdness started is that when I got back from Prague, I was not feeling great the next day and i self-tested because i was supposed to have some people over didn't want obviously to spread any diseases and it turns out i did test positive for covid um mild symptoms for like a day still did the sunday million stream on tuesday you know and i was fine by tuesday like absolutely did not feel a thing uh still did the podcast obviously nobody the wiser i didn't i can work from home very lucky um but I was invited to like a couple of very cool things later in the week. And I wasn't sure like what the ethics are, like what are you supposed to do? And the official U.S. government um, rule at this point is if you have no symptoms, you have to self-isolate for five days. And then after that, go for it. Um, I think that's that- pretty standard across the board now. Okay. I wasn't quite comfortable with that without at least letting the people know that, hey, I'm on like day seven. I am still testing positive. I just want to let you know. So one of the things I'd invited to a, a, a fellow plays in my home game, his name is Daryl Morey, and he's the president of the Philadelphia 76ers. Which sport uh, is that? That's basketball, NBA. Okay. 
And they are in town to play an L.A. team, which I'm going to say because I don't know if it was the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, <laughs> the, the Charger Rams thing again. It's going to be inviting me out. Whichever one you were meant to be going to is the team that you're now a fan of. Well, no, I'd be a fan of the 76ers in this case, probably, since I'd be on Daryl's dime. So, But he invited me to a dinner uh, with the team and to the game. And I said, look... Uh, set uh, Friday's day eight, you know, of or, or day set, whatever it is of my, you know, yeah. And he goes, so he gets me on the phone with the team doctor for the 76ers. And we're having like a three-way call. Me, the president of the 76ers and the team doctor. And I'm like, like this dude doesn't have anything else better to do on a game day. Now he's like using team resources. And basically the doctor's like, He's like, what day did you test positive? I tell him so. And he's like, he's doing, he's like, I can hear he's like writing things down. And he goes, Daryl, what is it that you want him to come do? He's like, uh, a dinner. And he's like, uh, he's like, you're right on the line. Like, you're probably not contagious anymore, but dinner is like the worst possible thing you can do. It, it, you know, your mask is going to be off. You're going to be talking loud, spitting, masticating. He's like, if it was tomorrow, I would say, fine today and I was like dude no problem like I don't want to be responsible for taking down an entire NBA team uh so I didn't end up going to do that so that was kind of obviously kind of on brand if you did that but I understand why you want to avoid it the story obviously really good but only good like 10 years from now like yeah, it's absolutely. like 10, 10 years of me like never being able to show my face anywhere ever again so the good news is I kind of had this in my hip pocket now, though. Oh, hey, the team doctor from the 76ers said tomorrow I'm, I'm probably fine. Uh, so I was able to go the next day. Our friend Lauren, uh, who was on the show a few weeks ago, uh, her most recent movie that she produced is something called Joyland uh, that she shot in Pakistan. And uh, I got to go see a screening of that. And it was Awesome, really, really great movie. I think it's going to win. I think it's going to get even more critical acclaim and uh, potentially awards than the card counter did. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then the next day, I talked about this on the stream. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to talk about it a bunch of times. I can't reiterate how great the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once is. Uh, it's patriot levels of I'm not going to stop talking about it until everyone goes to see it. I know that you haven't seen it yet, James, so I'm just going to leave it there. But I do know that you will occasionally partake in some garbage Netflix Netflix television. That's true. And you will occasionally participate in baking television. Oh, that's my favorite kind. I mean, there is baking a show and engineering, bad baking. I'm, I'm yeah, all dude, for it. This is everything. There's a show on Netflix right now called Is It Cake? Where... Bakers are tasked with making cakes look like realistic objects and they have to fool the judges. So they'll like bring out a bunch of handbags and the judges will have to guess which one of them is cake. And it's fucking awesome. It's hilarious. I'm 100% watching the show. That's awesome. Um, okay. Obviously, I'm going to take this recommendation and I will seek out this film. I'm not sure what release it's going to get. Uh, in the UK. I am actually going to go to the cinema tomorrow, Joe. I'm finally going to watch The Batman. I am going to go and see oh, it cool. on the big screen. And of course, you and I will actually be going to the cinema together next week because as you mentioned on our not, most Wait, recent... not remotely together, right? Not like a shared Zoom No, no, cinema. no. Physically in the same room with other people because as we mentioned on our most recent live stream, you are coming 
to London next week for the UK and Ireland Poker Tour. UK IPT London is taking place at the Hippodrome first week of April. I am going on holiday, but you are going to be playing the main event, which is the back end of the week, the first full weekend, uh, sorry, the second weekend of April. Um, But we are going to be hanging out come Wednesday, the 6th of April. No podcast next week. More on that later. Uh, And there is going to be a movie screening as part of the series, as part of the festival. So if you are going to that event, if you're at the Hippodrome and planning on attending the movie screening, Joe and I will be there and we'll happily have a drink with you. Yeah. uh, So are we doing drinks before or after the movie? What's your curfew? Um, I don't think I have a curfew that day. I, I, cool. I, don't, I don't know what the timings are. We'll need to check out the timings. Also, I know that drinks are part of the event, so I'm not sure whether it is a pre-drink or a post-drink. So we'll just fit in with whatever's planned. All right. So just if, folks out there, if you are planning on coming, hanging out, Wednesday night's probably the best night to do it if you want to hang out with me and James. Uh, I'm going to do some comedy, I think, in East London on Friday night if people are uh, are down, would want to come see some comedy or whatever. But your only chance at heart again is Wednesday. I'll be around more or less every day at the Hippodrome playing some various things. They've got some really cool satellites. Uh, like It's like satellites with bounties, I think, uh, if I'm reading the uh, this correctly, uh, the schedule. And the main event's 1,100 pounds, James. And I yeah. know that I have... I have one entry in me that I can afford that I've budgeted for. I think what I'll probably do is spend most of the week playing satellites so that maybe, you know, because the satellites are like 165 pounds. And it seems like, have you heard of this format before? It's you win your seat when you get to 100,000 chips. Does that make sense? Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Look, I love it when people try out new formats. I'm all for different ways of trying to qualify. So that sounds really fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. So hopefully I can get at least more than one shot at the main event because two of them, that's a lot. 2,200 pounds, that is a that is a, a, a chunk for me. Um, I got some more comedy announcements coming up in the, the last couple of, uh, next couple of weeks. I will be doing some shows in Vegas this summer. Uh, May 28th is the big one for now that I actually need to sell tickets for. So if anyone's going to be around the weekend before the World Series starts, come on out. Um. Suffice to say, there's a lot of stuff we talked about on Monday night when we streamed the Sunday Million, and I don't really want to go over old ground. We talked about the Oscars on Monday. We talked about Phil Helmuth's aggressive call with Queen 4 offsuit. <laughs> Still convinced he misread his hand, by the way. And we talked about the Moon Swatch on Monday night. Still don't have one, by the way. And just to make it clear, these things are now selling on eBay for like anywhere between two and a half to five grand. It's stupid. Oh, shit. It is a 200-pound 200 swatch that yeah. is not a limited edition. There will be more in stores very soon. Uh, oh. There'll be enough to go around. But because, obviously, this opening weekend and everyone wants it now, and it's the the, the thing that everyone's trying to get their hands on now, the, the flippers, the scalpers are out in force, and there are That's ridiculous crazy. prices being charged on eBay. All I'm going to say to people is don't do it. Because, as I said, you will be able to get it online soon enough, or you'll be able to go to uh, one of the Swatch stores that's stocking it and get it. But... You know, obviously, as someone who's into watches, I love the fact that there is a old-fashioned bit of machinery that is generating this much buzz and excitement. You normally get this for the release of a new phone or an iPad, but yeah, equally... It doesn't I don't... play PlayStation games or anything? No, not at all. It literally <laughs> tells the time. But in the same way that people are willing to spend a fortune on a JPEG that they could very easily download via a Google image search, 
it's it's fun. It's it's or, or a piece of paper with a sports star on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but what I guess I'm alluding to is Monday nights. We are live with the Sunday Million every single oh, week. Oh, dude. And there is going to be a certain amount of stuff that we talk about there and a certain amount of stuff that we talk about here. So it's all part of the Joe and James universe. universe. So you yeah. kind of need to be across both. And you seem very excited about the conclusion of the stream. I bailed, I think, about 45 minutes before the end. But you seem very excited about how this played out. It was, it was, it, so uh, it, I feel like a broken record because we're like, every Sunday Million's different. Everyone's got like its own thing. This was fucking bananas. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it at I all. I haven't had a chance. No, sorry. Okay. When they got to Heads Up, do you remember like when we used to only have hand replayers and you couldn't control the speed of the action because it was just like action, 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 action. That's what the Heads Up was like for this. They played, Patrick Statrick was awesome, by the way. Big shout out to Patrick who crunched the numbers on this. They play head is up for I think thirty three minutes. Uh, once we remove the time for the break, sure. In those thirty three minutes, they played two hundred and nine hands of heads up. Holy shit! It was fucking wild how fast they played. Um, obviously, a lot of the hands ended pre-flop, which is also kind of weird, right? Heads up, like to yeah. just not have that many flops. But even when they did take flops, it was like, back, call, raise, call, back, call, bop, bop. It was absolutely bananas. I think that uh, somewhat uh, poetically or, or justice-y, uh, the better of the two players, heads up, did end up winning it. And I think that that's like, you know, we kind of like it when that happens. But it was... It was so, so strange. Marie and I couldn't even do commentary on it. Um, and I got to the point where I was like banning people for, for saying that we weren't. Because like, look, sometimes the audience has a point when we're not covering the poker. Like sometimes we go on a tangent or whatever. There was nothing we could do. You can't Absolutely keep nothing. up. You can't keep up. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to check it out. But. What I found interesting this week, Joe, is how many people, and I don't know whether it's because they watched us during Prague or they saw the Sunday Million anniversary stream, but there were a lot of people this week who seemed very surprised at some of the plays that they were witnessing in the late stages of the Sunday Million, somehow expecting a much higher level, uh, more GTO approach to the game. We don't get that in the Sunday Million, and that's why I love it. That's why I think it's such an entertaining MTT to follow, and that's why I really love our Monday night streams. So again, one more shout-out that if you want to join us, we are live 6.30 UK time, 7.30 Central European time, every single Monday night with the Sunday Million. Um, but right now, I guess we should serve up the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Our guest is the 2021 World Series of Poker Main Event winner, a.k.a. the reigning No Limit Hold'em World Champion, a.k.a. Corey Aldemir. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. Thanks Thanks for having me. Um, Corey, we got to know a little bit about you when you joined us recently on the live stream in Prague. But just to recap, what is the Corey Aldemir life story? As briefly as possible, how did you become a poker pro and have you done anything in your life other than play poker? <laughs> no, right away when I was born, I started playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's everything that happened, basically. Um, no, I mean, uh, I, I grew up in Berlin, Germany. Um, normal life, kind of boring, normal life. And then at some point, I started playing poker a little bit with friends um, at university. 
I met somebody who told me he was a professional poker player and I thought that's super cool. I have to try that too. Um, that was the first poker player I met. And then I moved to Vienna to study at some point. This was like 10 years ago. I had been playing a little bit of poker. And then over the years, I met some other guys like Fedor Holtz, Reiner Kempe and so on and so on. And step by step, I got into the high roller scene. And there yeah, for some, like, I don't know how, but somehow I won the main <laughs> last year. And yeah, now, now I'm here. <laughs> Played a big poker tournament, binked it. The rest is history. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be in any city in the world and to try and talk to other poker players and learn from other poker players, Vienna is a pretty good place to be. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of poker players here. That's right. But I mean, obviously, a lot of the German-speaking poker players, uh, Germans and Austrians, but also... Nowadays, there's a lot of other other countries countries here, and yeah, if you go to a breakfast place in the seventh district here, you always see some poker players. It's kind of funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> did, didn't Sam Grafton live in Vienna at some point? I think he's lived in most major European cities at some point. I think life. he's lived everywhere. Yeah he, yeah, he was here for a couple of months actually twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it weird that Vienna, like over the course of history, has been like a, a, like a cultural intellectual yes. center, right? It's like where people go to discuss like cutting edge, whatever. And now that's where people go to discuss like GTO, okay, <laughs> four bat <laughs> ranges. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I I, I don't I kind of didn't want to do this interview only because if I use up all my questions like Core I now I'll have like nothing to talk to him about when we hang out in real life. Which, by the way, do you want to hang out with me in real life? That's my r- first question. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the last time we hung out in real life. That's that's not a good memory I have where we played poker in in Las Vegas on the live stream and I. Wasn't in the yeah. Let, let's not discuss that. That but wasn't the, yeah, my let, fault, let, let, let's, though. Let's do it again. <laughs> Corey and I were both fault. were both hung over, but separately. Although if we had had hung out the night before together, we might not have remembered it anyway. So maybe we did hang out. I'm not sure. I love the fact you're using yeah, this as an opportunity sure. to just try and make friends and gain reflected glory <laughs> from people who are more successful at poker than you are. Um, I mean, you obviously are halfway through. I guess your tenure as the World Series of Poker main event champ. Oh, but I guess you're unlucky, right? Because it's going to be a shortened tenure because it's going to be taking place in the summer this year. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's, it's very sad, actually. I don't know how I can be so unlucky. I, I've talked about it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, short, shortest main event winner ever. Uh, yeah, it's bad, bad times, bad times. At least you get like, there's a lot of people who say like, maybe the, like the guy who won before you was like not a real one because of various reasons and stuff like that. So at least no one's saying that about you. But I guess that sort of leads me to my question is, you can be honest about this because I'm not going to let people drag you about it. But like, is being the main event winner like what's the worst part about it is there like a drag to it is it annoying when you sit down at the table and everyone's like oh well look at this guy <laughs> like is that part annoying or is it still all very cool <laughs> i haven't played too many tournaments so far i have to i have to say but the first tournament i played afterwards was was kind of funny yeah a little bit annoying but in a in a, in a funny way i mean um sure. the, the first tournament i played was the 5k at the at the at the WSOP, and I knew most people at the, at the table, and they were kind of making making fun of me in a, in a friendly way. Whenever I won a pot, they were like, oh, obviously he's going to win. Obviously he won that flip. He hasn't uh, lost a flip in months, uh, and so on. These kind of jokes. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, I don't think that will happen the rest of my career. 
if, if it did, it would be kind of annoying, I guess. But yeah. uh, I, I guess having that for a few tournaments is, is fine. And then the first main event kind of tournament I played in Florida, like a few weeks after, uh, was a 3K buy-in. And there were a couple of players I, I didn't know and didn't know me before. And that was uh, interesting. I mean, everybody was excited to play hand against me. It was a weird feeling, I guess. Um, I could see the... I open into somebody's big blind and I can already see him getting excited playing a hand against them. <laughs> like, no, like, and then after I busted, that they wanted to take a picture with me, stuff like that is what was kind of new to me, obviously. But yeah. But I'm guessing you don't mind it. You seem okay with that side of things. I mean, as I said, I, I don't think this will be a thing for <laughs> for the rest of my career. And having that for, for the first few tournaments after the the, the win is kind of fair, I guess. Yeah. I mean, also, it's not like you came from nowhere, right? I mean, we discussed recently when you joined us in Prague that we know you from your third place finish in the PCA main event in 2018. You were the runner-up in a one-drop event for, for a huge amount of money. People knew you already. You were an established high roller, an established pro on the circuit before you won the main. Yeah, I, I started playing the, the high rollers around five or six years ago, basically. Um so yeah, I was kind of used to, to 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 playing big poker tournaments, I guess. But that that one was the, by by far the, the most special experience. Uh, yeah, obviously, of uh, not only money wise, but also prestige wise and experience wise, it was just a whole different story. Yeah. Has uh, so obviously you played in Florida. Guy in the big blinds, happy to play a pot with you. You're getting recognized at poker tables quite regularly. Has it happened off the table? Have you been out on the street somewhere? Uh, you know, in Vegas, I assume maybe it happens a little bit, but in your ho- at, at home or wherever you call home these days, or do you ever get spotted outside of a casino? No, basically not really. Um, at, at poker stops, yes, like you mentioned in Vegas, it has happened quite a few times. Or now. At the EPT in Prague, of course, but the, those are usually poker players, I, I imagine. Um, but in a total non-poker setting, it has only happened like once or twice, I want to say. I, I I was in South America for, for two months prior, well, like until three weeks ago or so. And in Argentina, I got I got recognized in a restaurant once, and I think once in, in, here in Vienna, but no, 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 not too often. So it's all good. Yeah. And that level of fame, that recognition, are you happy with that? Would you rather be more famous, less famous? Are you glad this is going to be maybe temporary? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a temporary thing. And, and no, the, the way it is, it's, it's, it's totally totally fine. I mean, people in the poker world will recognize me, and in the non-poker world, they won't. So this seems kind of optimal, I guess. I mean, I, I don't really need to be recognized everywhere I go, and that's never going to happen. So, yeah, that's all good. One more question I have about the World Series of Poker main event is you're clearly someone who studies the game. You clearly are someone who talks to other players about their approach to the game. Would you have been happier with a November 9 scenario where there'd been a break between the bulk of the tournament and the final table so you would have had time to think about it, to kind of run out potential situations done opposition research or do you think you just benefited from being able to play all the way through from start to finish yeah i guess to be honest it was better for me the way the way it was done because i mean i i have studied final tables before um, playing high rollers and and such and i I assume some of the less experienced players at the final table haven't um, and they were even more um, 
well, yeah, new to the, that kind of situation than I was. Um, I was pretty tired too after nine days, but I, I assume everybody was. Um, I was a bit disappointed that I couldn't like fly family or friends in because we literally didn't have a single day off. They planned on having one day off, but um, they, they cancelled it because the, they, they added a starting day for the Europeans once the travel restrictions got, got, got lifted. So they cancelled the, the day off before the final table. And um, so that, that was kind of the sad part about it that um, yeah, I couldn't fly anybody in. But other than that, it, it was okay, I guess. And it was the same, yeah, same, same rules for everybody. Everybody was pretty tired at the end. So, yeah. So, okay. Uh, you mentioned everyone being tired at the end, which I guess sort of leads into what I want to know a little bit about you personally is what sort of like, uh, are you like one of these healthy guys uh, get have to get a certain amount of sleep, exercise on the road? I know that you partied a little bit after your win or whatever, but in general, your general lifestyle, you know, the, the whole like body, mind, spirit balance has become really big in poker over the last couple of years. And I'm just wondering what your perspective is on all that for you personally. No, I know that I'm doing it to lesser degree than, than than some of my friends uh, i mean i'm not um, meditating uh, at all basically or st stuff like that um i'm i, 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 li I like doing sports uh, i i've played football all my life soccer for you joe um and uh, so, so, so some other sports so um i i enjoy living a healthy life kind of but i'm i don't have a certain routine i do every day or or stuff like that well, there's a question related to that, which we're going to come to in a moment, because one of the things we did when we knew you were going to come on the podcast, Cora, is we asked our audience to submit their questions mm -hmm. for this interview. Uh, the Pokestars Discord server, uh, link is in the podcast description for anyone who's not already a member. And we asked people to, well, Joe, you set up a dedicated thread. You asked people to submit questions and uh, we got some good ones. I don't know whether you want to ask the first one. Uh, yeah, the first one is from Raquel R., who says, can you please explain to my boyfriend why Jack to King 9 is the best hand in all of poker? Thank you for my question. Sorry, that's from that's from my girlfriend, and she thinks that Jack to King 9 is the best hand in poker, and uh, I was just wondering if you had an opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack to King 9 is the best hand of poker because it um, looks very good. It beats all the hands, like 10 to Queen 8 and stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's a great hand. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Well, the first genuine question, and it is related to what we were just talking about, which is from Dr. Dad Poker, who asks, do you have any tips or tricks that you utilize to deal with the fatigue associated with playing multiple long days in a row in such a spot as the World Series main event? Oof, yeah. Um, I mean, it was a super unique experience. I mean, I've, I've played tournaments that lasted like four or five days before, but nine days, I mean, I think... It's the only event, uh, so it was pretty much impossible to, to prepare for, for that. Um, so I'm not sure if I really have a good tip. I mean, I um, especially the last two, three, four days, I was I, I hadn't really slept well. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I tried to eat something before. I tried to eat something after. Try try to get sleep, um, but I mean, all the, all these things sound sound easy theoretically, but um, you have the spotlights on you the whole day, and you have yeah full of adrenaline and, and so on. It's kind of, I, I think it's pretty much impossible to be, yeah, 100% um, at your A game. So, um, yeah, just, just try to 
to do it as good as possible. But I mean, I think yeah. sleep is clearly the biggest factor, right? Because it's yeah. so hard when you've spent however many hours focused on this really tough mental game. How on right. earth are you then meant to just switch off, go to bed, and your brain shut down? It must be you must it must keep worrying. You must keep thinking about hands you've just played how that stuff's going to play out tomorrow it's like how do not you to mention down? the dreams right like when you spend all day right 12 hours doing something you go to sleep and it's still there like you're not even consciously yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking about it right yeah ex- exactly you, you basically can't like t- turn turn poker off for, for for the whole week um yeah just as you mentioned i think it, it's called like tetris syndrome or something like if, if you yes. play a lot of tetris you, you dream about tetris and if i play poker the whole day especially for i don't know that happens yeah it definitely happened during the main i was yeah it, it, it's impossible to get 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 the get, get great sleep but i try to get as many hours as possible uh yeah <laughs> what I, the, the good news is that that advice that someone just asked for only about like you know nine people a year need that advice right like nobody's really <laughs> going deep in 10 day tournaments other than this one sure, event, but so. i mean i th- i'll be honest with you you know obviously i've never played anything on that scale but any multi-day tournament even making a day two i find tough because again it's just that in- inability to sleep and then not approaching the next day you know feeling kind of a number one because you're still suffering from the effects of, yeah of that's the night why you before. don't make day twos it's perfect it's a win-win <laughs> okay that's that's joe's <laughs> advice um okay a much more positive question from raksha who is one of our twitch super mods uh raksha says i'd like to know what was the first outrageous thing that you bought with your winnings you must have Damn. spent i mean eight million dollars is a hell of a lot of money you must have bought like one luxury item right <laughs> Yeah, well, I wish I'd, I had a better reply for that. I, because I, I, now the, the honest answer is I know I didn't buy anything materialistic. I, I had this this trip to South America planned. This 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 two months trip. So so there's that. Um, those kind of flights. Oh, actually, I'm not sure if that counts. I I flew home with business class. I haven't really done that before. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I love it. I upgraded my flight. Yes, Fuck using yeah. points. Using That's about points. the no, only time you can justify spending like eight thousand dollars on a plane ticket, right? When you just want yeah, eight million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Um, no, but yeah, to be I, to be honest, I, I just got home like pretty much a week week ago, or so two weeks ago. I was traveling nonstop basically. So I I think. As as soon as I'm home for a couple of weeks, I will I will have time to 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 see if there's something I really how want about to buy, but, uh, how yeah. many times have you like clicked your balance just to like look at the number <laughs> like whatever's in there? Do you ever just like go visit your money and just be like, oh hey, <laughs> hi there? Yeah, um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, but yeah, the, the bracelet was also kind of a funny thing having that that bracelet in my hand was apparently worth so much uh, and yeah, i didn't know what to do with it basically i mean that's kind of that that's a question no one asked and i'm surprised they didn't are you going to wear the bracelet when you go and play oh. major live poker events <laughs> i think it's impossible to wear it i mean i don't, I don't know i have to I have to i have to train much harder and uh, i mean it's so so big this this thing it doesn't fit around my arm can so, we have some uh, links taken out of this thing <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe maybe oh maybe actually that's a good idea that might be a good idea 
Uh, we had a question from Jack Jack who wanted to know uh, if you prefer live or online poker and if you plan on continuing to play poker full time or if you have other interests that you want to pursue now that maybe you could take some time off from poker. Um, I think I prefer live poker. Um, I mean, I've, I started playing play more online, but um, actually the last couple of couple of years I I had the, yeah I I could travel around and, and play these high roller tournaments and uh, this is the most fun about poker I think seeing different cultures I mean it's it's kind of perfect uh, travel to cool countries and 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 play play poker do what you what you enjoy um, will I play poker my whole life uh, I'm not sure I play as like as long as I as I enjoy it I mean now the last couple of months I, I played a little less to be honest but um, there was kind of pre-planned these these travels and so on so I don't know I will be uh, at the next EPT in Monaco and then I'll be at the World Series in Vegas so uh, yeah and then I, I look from there I've, I've always been bad at making long-term plans so it's not not like that's a new thing <laughs> Poker is good for that. Uh, I guess that leads sure. into G. Benedict's question. Uh, you mentioned that you get to go see other cultures and stuff like that. They wanted to know uh, what your favorite places or countries that you've been to are. Mm, okay. I really enjoy Melbourne, uh, but maybe that, that's a mix between the, the time of the year that the Aussie Millions is happening, which is mm. January, which is... The coldest time in Europe. It's it's depressing, cold, dark, and in, Aust in Australia it's it's summertime. Everybody's happy. I, I like the the Aussies. The Australian Open at, at tennis is happening in Melbourne. Yeah. There's a cool vibe in the city. The poker is, is is good there. So I always enjoyed enjoyed being there for the poker. Um, what else? Like dream vacation destination kind of thing. Uh, but actually the yeah, it was the EPT in Panama a couple of years ago. Was it called EPT back, back then or was it? It was the Pokestars Championship that year. But yeah, yes, yeah. there was an event in Panama which was borderline surreal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not get, get into that. But then we, we, did a, we did a trip to these islands called San Blas Islands. And these were, I mean, these islands, they, they could be wallpaper on the screen, basically. It was, it was pretty dreamy. Oh, cool. Good answer. Uh, we just got one question left from the audience, and uh, maybe we'll have time for one of my stupid games. Don Pre wanted to know, who do you consider to be your toughest opponent? Who's your poker nemesis? Oh, mm, toughest opponent. Hmm. Who do I always lose to? I mean, there must <laughs> be some people. Yeah, I mean, the, these guys that are crushed crushing for a few years. I mean, all, all, all this I was... Steve, Stevie comes to mind. Stevie mm. Chadwick is very tough to play against. Um, what do you do when he gives you the stare down? Do you look him back in the eye? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind the stare. No, I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't do that. It would be too dangerous. But yeah, I, I don't mind the stare. That's fine. <laughs> It definitely doesn't wouldn't bother me, but I couldn't look back either. I'd be like, no, no, stop. no, no. <laughs> yeah. There was actually a, a, a second question from Don Pree. Did your study of psychology help your poker game? Oh yeah, that, that's a question that a lot of people have, uh, but the answer is no. Because <laughs> <I mean, laughs> um, you'd, you'd think everyone everyone th talks about poker as a game of reading people, right, and about human yeah, behavior. Yeah. This guy studied psychology. He must be an expert at reading people. Right. I mean. Maybe, um, well, 
maybe, maybe somehow it did um, without me realizing it. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the studies were pretty theoretical and focus, I guess, the, the, the practice of it was to a certain degree. So, so maybe it did, but not, not that I... Not that I noticed. <laughs> you could only answer that question if you've studied psychology. You'd be like, well, maybe subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so, it, oh, that, that was the word I was looking for, subconsciously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing fine. Your, uh, your English is a lot better than my German. All right. So, uh, w- James, are we good on everybody's questions? Did we get through? I think we got through everything. Uh, oh, I guess the, the, the one final thing to say is obviously, uh, and this is something that Raksha uh, echoed as well, Um I kind of felt that you got the dirty end of the stick when you did join us on the stream in Prague, Corey, because, of course, we were hand for hand on the bubble. It was that classic kind of nitty survival play. There wasn't really much to analyze. And we've got those huge gaps in the action while we're waiting for all hands to play out at every table. Um, I guess it probably wasn't the best experience in the world for you, but did it give you the taste to maybe want to come back and maybe next time do a final table or maybe a super high roller event next time we're live? Yeah, for sure. That would be great. I mean, we, we, we didn't even get to, to do the, the chop pot song. That was a bit disappointing for me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I, that was, that was the first time I tried it out. I will be doing some commentary next, next, next week, actually for, for, for a poker tournament. And yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely come back. Yeah. Cool. That that's very cool. We'll be really happy to have you. All right. So I was looking at your uh, your Instagram and I saw that uh, you took a trip uh, to to Canada to Whistler and you mentioned having a bear encounter while you were there. Um, <laughs> can I get some details on that real quick? <laughs> the bear encounter. Yeah, you you you're reading everything, Joe. So um, yeah, there was actually so all the Europeans before going to Vegas. Uh, we, we couldn't fly directly to the United States due to COVID and everything. So some people went to Mexico, some went to Canada. I wanted to go to Mexico because I've also been studying Spanish and so on. But some of my friends went to Canada, so I did both. I went to Mexico and then to Canada, and we did some hiking there in in Whistler. And um, yeah, growing up in cities in, in Europe, like the, the wildest animals that they <laughs> that I've encountered basically are like I don't know squirrels or something <laughs> and uh so i mean i've been to a zoo but that was the only time i, I saw a bear before and i knew there were bears in in canada and i knew they were close to, to whistler and i actually the, the day before first hike i read up online what to do when encountering a bear like that like kind of for fun i think i already forgot it um but don't like climb on a tree because they can do that too uh, i don't know stuff like that but i I didn't expect to really meet one, and then we did this hike. And on our way up, somebody was coming down and told us, "Be prepared, there's a bear up there." But the the, the guy didn't really seem to to mind, like local Canadian. I guess they're used to that. But we were like, "There's a bear, really? Should should we should we go that way, or should we go back? Is it dangerous?" But he said, "No, no, it's fine. Go up." Um, and he gave us some some advice. We should be loud. And do uh, like like sing sing songs maybe that he sees us coming and we don't surprise him but that because then they might attack or something and yeah on on our way back uh, on our on our way up we didn't see see it but when we came down we yeah there suddenly was this this bear which was kind of kind of kind of kind of surreal like in a way basically um, doing 
his thing. So we did what we were told. We made him aware of us, basically. He said, like, hi, bear, what's up? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was that, that was super cool. I mean, as, as I said, I, I've never really seen a... <laughs> wild animal in my in my life apart from from the zoo uh from the zoo so, so it, uh, it didn't escalate into a revenant situation you weren't being pulled from pillar to post like leonardo dicaprio we we had a little bit of a stare down but i mean i had these stare downs we just talked about before, <laughs> so i wasn't i wasn't he's practiced against all. chinwick the bear doesn't stand a chance <laughs> exactly exactly so and uh yeah he didn't seem to mind us too much and uh, but yeah he was kind of in our way uh, at the track so we didn't really know what to do so we had to still stare down and uh, apparently we were stronger and the bear left before us so we could end our, our try and yeah it was a it's pretty cool dude this is incredible because the quiz I prepared for you today is how to avoid being attacked by and how to end a bear attack should they occur <laughs> and it oh, sounds no, but- like you might actually, people typically do terribly on my quizzes. You might end up being main event champion and Joe Stapleton's stupid game champion. And even if you're not, I think this will be an educational experience for everyone should they find themselves in Canada confronted by a bear. Correct. And so the questions are, it's usually seven questions, but I was having so much fun doing these that I made eight <laughs> this time because I like lost count. So here we go. Question number one. Now, some of these questions are about avoiding a bear attack right like making some and then some of them are about stopping the attack if it should happen all right so this one is about avoiding the attack i wish my memory was better let's see okay uh, and by the way they're multiple choice so oh okay okay when encountering a bear in the wild what is the recommended first course of action is it to run to play dead to identify yourself or to make a joke about the bear's wife's alopecia. <laughs> um, I mean, the last one sounds pretty good, but I'm going with uh, identify. Identify yourself. That's correct. As Corai <laughs> said, you're supposed to go, "Hi, bear. I'm a person. I'm a human being." Because uh, they generally don't want to attack people, but if they don't know you're a person, they might think that you're food. That's amazing. That is. I would never have thought in a million years that was the correct answer. Yeah, yeah. Question number two. A standing bear is generally expressing which emotion? Is it anger, fear, curiosity, or white hot sexual desire? (laughs) Oh, damn. This this could be all of them. Um, I would (laughs) go with uh, curiosity. Curiosity is correct. A standing bear is not threatening. Nice. Two for two. <laughs> two, for two. <clears throat> Question number three. Why should you not scream if you encounter a bear? Is it because it annoys them? It can make you sound like a prey animal. It can cause a rock slide. It reminds them of their mother-in-law. Um, I go for the second, second answer. Um, yeah, because thank you, a prey animal. Cora, you are three for three. I'm an Correct expert. answer. <laughs> Question number four. Which of the following is something you should do if you encounter a bear in the wild? Is it climb a tree, 
move away sideways, drop your pack, or pick up a baby bear and start making baby noise as it and say, I'm your mama now. <laughs> um, I guess slowly uh, walk away sideways. That is correct. You move away sideways. James, the reason you don't drop your pack is because if you do get attacked, it can help uh, to be like a barrier. If a bear like jumps on your back or whatever, it can get in the in the way there. Just to be clear and to go back to the start of Korai's story, at the moment the guy goes, there's a bear up there, is the moment I'm turning around and walking the other way. So <laughs> I'm hoping I never find myself in a situation where I need to utilize any of these tips. Sometimes you don't have a choice, but I'm glad that they, they did go see it because they are, in general, they don't really want to fuck with people. Uh, question number five. What Now, this one might be tough for you. What okay. is the difference on how to handle a brown bear attack versus a black bear attack? Okay, no, so, no, more, no more choices. No, you got multiple choice. Here you got multiple okay, choice. Okay, Here we go. Okay, okay. Brown bears you play dead. Black bears you do not. Brown bears you wave your arms in circles. Black bears you keep your arms at your sides. Brown bears you spray with water. Excuse me. Yeah, black bears you spray with diet soda. What? And brown bears you choke. Black bears you spit in their mouth. Wow. Okay. I, I know that, uh, if I'm not mixing it up, that brown bears are much more dangerous, much bigger. So m maybe also faster and so on. So maybe there's no other choice than, like playing dead when you encounter a brown bear? What, what, like, what, what was the first one? Well, what should the I do with, with the first one is brown bears you're supposed to play dead and black bears you don't. Because we can handle a black bear and not a brown bear? Hmm. That might be it. The others sounded also weird. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But I think you shouldn't play dead in general. What was the last one again? Man, this one's uh, tough. Black bears you <laughs> choke. Excuse me, so I keep reading the color wrong. Brown bears you choke, black bears you spit oh. in their mouth. Oh, that was oh that was the fun one. Okay, no, I go <laughs> I go with uh, I go with uh, answer number one. Answer number one is correct. You play dead yes. with a brown bear, black bear. You do not. You fight them off. Wow, okay. you could you could good, run good, the board good. here. You are clearly as good on bears as you are at the pokers. <laughs> Question number six: Which of the following is not recommended for stopping a bear attack? Okay, this is not for preventing one, but once. The attack happens. Uh, which of these are you not supposed to do? Uh, use bear spray. Punch the bear in the face. Kick the bear in the snout. Shoot the bear with a gun. Uh, this all sounds kind of reasonable. Uh, not. Uh, was it not punch him? Not kick him? Um, okay, that's probably the first one. I say don't punch him in the face. Pu punching in the face oh, is recommended. Kicking in the okay. snout recommended. Bear spray recommended. Do not shoot a bear with a gun uh, because it will probably just injure it and that will probably just make the bear more angry and more uh, of a danger to other people. That makes sense. Okay. That was a wild card that question because normally option four is the comedic one and that was the actual answer 
It's yeah, and it's hard. Well, it's hard to say not, like not which fair. is the. It's hard to say which is the wrong answer and then have a comedic answer in spot four because it's always going to be the wrong answer. So I got to switch it up for those. Um, okay, two more questions. Yes. Speaking of bear spray, what is the main active ingredient in bear spray? Is it cayenne pepper, lemon juice, mountain lion urine, or love? <laughs> wow. No idea. Uh, pepper, lemon juice, or urine? <laughs> uh, that's Don't forget the main ingredient could also be love. love Specifically yeah. mountain lion urine. So don't try and make your own bear spray by just weighing in a bottle. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I go with... Mm. This time they all sound wrong. Sunday or something. I go with um, pepper. Pepper's correct. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so All basically, right. five. So you've got six out of seven correct. You can get seven out of eight correct with this final one. Okay. 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 This one was. Uh, it was the fact that this even existed. I had to make a question about it. <laughs> Every year, the IGBC, the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee. This is a real thing. This is a real okay. thing. Puts out its list of approved bear-resistant products. Okay. Which of the following items is not on its list of approved products? Is it the Cold Bastard Outdoor Cooler, <laughs> the Mad Cow Bear-Proof Food Box, the Bear Guardian T600 Teton Series Six-Yard Dumpster with Chute, or Tabasco brand bear spray. <laughs> so, so all but one is on its list of approved items. Yes. And, and what, what, one of them you made up, Joe? One of them I made up, yeah. Okay, okay. So the, the okay. <laughs> so, so the last one sounds reasonable. The third one sounds so absurd, I think it's in there. Um, so the first or the second one, uh, I forgot them. Unfortunately. Cold Bastard uh, Outdoor Cooler, Mad Cow Bear Proof Food Box were the first two. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, okay, I think the, the absurd ones are in there, and the second one is not. The Mad Cow Bear Proof Food Box is real. The one I made up is the Tabasco brand bear spray. That, uh, okay. that, that yes, does not that exist. Is, that is. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it was I, the hope, most I hoped it was in there. It was the most normal sounding. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, yeah, I don't need yeah. one, but I have to buy myself a cold bastard outdoor cooler. <laughs> I want one right now. Um, Corey, I hope that experience wasn't too unbearable. Oh, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> wow. uh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been awesome. And thank you for answering the questions that people sent in. Of course. Yeah. Um, anytime. It's a pleasure. We'll, we'll see you in Monte Carlo. Yeah, see you there. <laughs> Bye-bye. And now it's super fan time on Poker in the Ears, and we welcome, finally, to the show, Scott Cooper. How you doing, Scott? I'm good, guys. Thanks, James. Thanks, Joe, for having me. It's... I'm, I'm fantastic. Yeah, let's go. I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, we're happy to have you. We're happy that, that we finally got you. What's, uh, what's this accent? Um, I'm from Australia, 
So yeah, I'm um, I'm in Perth. Um, I'm a truck driver in Perth, WA, and live with my beautiful wife Catherine and our two dogs. And yeah, that's me. What's the What's the main route that you run as a truck driver? Um, I'm I'm pretty much all over the place in the metro area here. Just um, working for a, a small polystyrene and foam company. So yeah, I'm just all over the place really. It's just in the metro area here in Perth. And cool. most important of all, Scott, what ungodly hour have you had to get out of bed at to do this segment? Uh, because we're because I'm WA, uh, Western Australia, it's right. it's only 10 o'clock at night. It's not too bad. That's not Whereas, too bad. Good. Yeah, over the East Coast, it's it's the middle of the night. Yeah, we all definitely, right. definitely would not want you to have to do that. Scott, uh, no. talk to me about talk to me about this movie, why you chose it. I have a couple of things I want to say, but I want to hear what you have to say about it first. Uh, well, firstly, I chose it because it's got a, a poker scene in it, and it's. True. Um, um, but I do really like it. It's probably one of my top twenty favorite movies. I think it's a real sort of cult classic, um, and I just love Clive Owen's performance. I think most gambling movies, um, you know, the 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 protagonist is sort of a degenerate, or you know, a you know, a, a gambler who's like seen the light and doesn't gamble anymore. But in this one, he's the croupier. So you see the other side. And I think it's um, a little bit of um, uh, sort of, you know, a, a lot of different movies. Um, it's like a little bit of Rounders, a little bit of uh, Nightcrawler. There's a little bit of everything in it. And I love it. Yeah. I remember very clearly when this film was released because Clive Owen had been in a TV show called Chancer. And this is the film that really established him as a serious actor and then as a movie star and he enjoyed a decent career through the 2000s and had some really solid roles this is certainly the performance where people started thinking is this a potential bond something of course that never worked Mm. out for him um i don't think i've actually seen it since it came out in cinemas um i remember really really liking it as someone who saw it more recently joe what did you make of it I, I did really like it first and foremost, but I kind of felt like this movie was a little bit like the card counter and that it really wasn't about gambling. Like gambling was obviously featured heavily. Um, this to me, and it's very rare I pick up on like a deeper meaning in a movie. Like I'm uh, as an intelligent person, I really don't pick up on it often. This really felt like it said to me, like in the game of life, you're either the house or you're a punter. And the only thing worse than being one of those is being someone that works on the side of the house. So like the croupiers are like the worst people because they should be on the side of the punter, but they're not. They're helping the house rip off the punters more or less. And I just thought the whole thing was very interesting that it was better to be a thief even than to be someone working for the house. It really felt like a metaphor for like the rat race of society uh, and how you're either just making the rich richer or you're like you're scum. Uh, So I just was like, holy shit, this movie's like, really got some interesting underlying themes to it. Yeah, I I wonder if we've missed a trick here. Maybe we should have done this as one of our Poker Movie Mondays. I appreciate that poker isn't really at the center of it, but it does have a gambling theme. So maybe we should have 
uh, done full analysis of it. But anyway, it is going to be the subject of this quiz that Patrick's put together. Obviously, as you're in Australia, Scott, you can't play yep. for a real money PokerStars prize, but we can not. send you some merch. It might take a while to get there, but we'll do our best. Um, you know how this works. You know the rules. I need a number, sir, between one and ten. It's always coming seven. Number seven. Who breaks up the fight between Jack and the cheating gambler? Bella. It is Bella for two points. And Joe, nice. other than seven, you can have any question you'd like. So, Scott, you didn't hear me say this, but uh, when I originally watched this movie, I stayed up real late to finish it. And um, I would have remembered it that day. But since that was like a month ago now, uh, or maybe more, uh, I really like your chances. Uh, question, let's go six. <laughs> question number six. How much does Jack sell his car for? Oh, they go back and forth. I'm not saying the answer. Just talking it out here. I okay. feel like 1500 I But I'm going to have to take the choices just in case it's not one of them. Go ahead. The options are 500 pounds, 750 pounds, 1,000 pounds, or 1,500 pounds. I got to go with 1500 It was 750 ah. Uh Your second question. Six and seven, gone. I'll go number three. Number three. What is Jack's last name? Manford. For two points. <laughs> Joe, which question would you like next? Uh, question one. Jack catches Matt paying out in 25s, not 10s. What nationality is the man he's paying? I'll take the choices. Is he Greek, Turkish, South African, or French? South African. Nope, he was Greek. Two, four, five, eight, nine, or ten, Scott? Uh, let's go ten. Number ten. Name the actor who plays Yanni de Villiers. Uh, I'm going to need the choices. Is it Kate Hardy, Gina McKee, Sheila Whitfield, or Alex Kingston? Alex Kingston? It is Alex Kingston for a point. You have a 5-0 lead right now. Joe, 2, 4, 5, 8, or 9? He's so happy. This is making me happy <laughs> seeing how happy Scott is. I'm happy. Smashing I'm, I'm, me right now. That's that's one of the only ones I would have guessed. Um, did you say 4 is available, James? It is. Yeah, I'll take 4. Okay, you should be able to get this one. It's quite a pivotal moment in the movie. All right. Why does Bella get fired from the casino? I haven't seen this movie since the late 1990s, and I remembered this. Uh, I'll, I'll take the choices. Does she fail a drug test, get caught stealing, has an illicit relationship with Jack, or talks to the punters? She. Well, I know that she has an illicit relationship with Jack. I just don't know if that's why she gets fired. Um, I kind of feel like talking to the punters was like a big deal in the movie. I'm going to go with, the, because of Jack. She fails a drugs test. I think you're going to fail to pop a single point in this, which is <laughs> shameful. Scott, uh, penultimate round, two, five, eight, or nine. Let's go number two. What is the title of the book that Jack eventually publishes? I, Croupier. For two points, you're up seven, nothing. 
Five, eight, or nine, Joe. Five. How much does Yanni pay Jack as an advance for his role in the casino heist? I feel like he gets paid half up front. That's not an amount, though, is it? And I feel like the total amount was supposed to be 10 grand. And I feel like he might have got, I'm just going to say 5,000 pounds. It was 10,000. <laughs> Final round, eight or nine. Uh, let's go number nine. What is Marion's job? She's a store detective. She is indeed. Joe, spoiler alert, you can't yeah. win. But right <laughs> yeah. now, you're losing nine nothing. Uh -huh. It would be great if you could just have a single point. Doesn't it mean something that I really did pick up on like a bigger meaning of this movie and I was I was paying more attention to like the the truly important themes rather than what someone's number plate was on their car? No, you also failed to remember significant plot points. Number eight, what is the name of the manager of the Golden Lion? If it wasn't Reggie, I'll take the choices. Is it Giles Cremorne, Alexander Morton, Nicholas Ball or David Reynolds? David Reynolds. For a point, Joe, you scored a point. Well done. <laughs> Although it should be Scott Cooper, our superfan, who I'm congratulating. Because Scott, by a margin of nine to one, you won this contest. You are going to get that enhanced PokerStars merch prize package. Thank you so much, guys. Wonderful. That's that's great. Unlucky, Joe. But, um, that's okay. I think because it was uh, you, you watched it about a month ago, that probably hurt your chances a little bit. It, it was that it was that I stayed up super late to watch it, like basically without going to bed before the show, which means it would have been fresh in my mind then, but that never again. However, I want to say thank you because I did really, really like this movie, and it was nice to have the, an excuse to watch it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Scott, good to talk to you, and uh, thank you for being flexible with your availability. We appreciate you. No problem at all, James. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Bye, Scott. All right, my babies. That's just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Coming up next time, a little bit of a break while I take my pokercation. And James, you're going somewhere too? Yeah, I'm heading over to Finland for Easter. We will be back on the 21st of April. That's a Thursday after our Easter vacation. And I guess, Joe, we'll hear about what went down at UKIPT London. I guess we'll get your recap on how the main event went. I mean, I don't think I will have ever played a week of this much poker before. So there should be lots to go over. My first time in the UK in a very long time, hoping that I can catch up with a lot of people. Um, and just, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have at least one, one cash to speak of. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're also going to talk to the coach, Coach Barman, about the Pokestars Learn Raise Your Edge partnership. And heads up to you, Joe, Slapshot is going to be the superfan subject. So you are going to have to make your way through that movie. And while we're talking superfans, suffice to say, please use Discord to apply to be on the show. There is a dedicated channel for superfan applications. And... As I said at the start of the show, I liked the questions that people sent in for Corai. I'm more than happy for people to use, I think probably best to keep it in the general discussion thread, the main podcast discussion channel, if anyone has questions for any guests coming up on the show. 
Uh, so saying don't create a separate thread for it, just j- jam them right in? Uh, yeah, I, I find it a lot easier just to stick to one channel and just read specific posts rather than open a sub-thread and uh, okay. too much, too much. Okay, there you go. So get your questions in for uh, for Coach Bauman if, uh, if you have them. I understand it'll probably be easier to ask questions of people that you know already, right? Like a Corey Aldemir, people that you're aware of. So if the questions, when it's someone named Coach that like like Coach that we're just getting to know together, uh, I, I understand if the questions are a little lighter there. But I mean, I think there'll be a lot of people familiar with Coach Barman's oh, okay, work, great. and of course, I imagine people might have specific uh, poker tip questions or hand histories, and that's the one thing I'm going to veto. Okay. No hand histories, no seeking situational advice. Uh-uh. Um, just let's get to know the guy. Um, we've already done our one strategy episode of the last seven years. So let's wait <laughs> another half a decade before we do another one. All right, my baby. So that is all the time we've got for this week's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Spell you later. Spell you later.